We want to prepare our hearts to dine with our Savior. I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I'm taking the reading from verse 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Reading from verse 20 through the following. Therefore, when you come together in one place, this is from the New International Version of the Bible. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. Is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry, and another is drunk. What, what? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread of drinks or drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man, let a woman examine himself, herself. And so let him or her eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an earthly manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the body or not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. But if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastised by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest when I will set in order when I come. Amen. 
Let's bow down our heads as we take a moment of reflection. As we prepare to come to the Lord's table. As a practice and custom of the Church of Pentecost, every first Sunday of the month, when we meet, we celebrate the Holy Communion. We have fellowship by dining, partaking in the Lord's body and in his blood. All who are worthy of the Lord's body and blood are welcome to his table to dine with him. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for your body. And we thank you for your blood. You gave us your body and blood so that we will become part of you. So that you will live in us and we in you. Through this, Lord, you forgave us our sins and opened the way to heaven for us. So today also, even as we come to table, as we fellowship, by partaking in your body and in your blood, and even in this atmosphere of raising an altar of worship to you, Lord, may we be blessed. May we be anointed. May we be sanctified. And may we be a people whose worship is acceptable unto you. Sanctify the blood, bread and sanctify the blood. As we take, may we be energized to do more for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we want to invite the officers, elders, deaconesses, and deacons to come to the Lord's table as the choir leads us.
table, the only acid test is self-examination. The only requirement is self-examination. Do the self-examination. I think you are right with God. Nobody stops you. So now the table is open to all from the back up to here. As many as are not condemned by their hearts, that liberty to partake in the Lord's table. So we'll begin from the back.
Father, oh God, as you reveal the water, oh God, sprinkling, oh God, onto your people. I pray this morning, oh God, that we have dined with you. Let our spiritual eyes be open, oh God, so that we see the water, oh God, that is sprinkled onto your people this morning. And we'll go home, oh God, rejoicing and thanksgiving in our heart. You are faithful, God. You are faithful, God. You are a queer man, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you. All that we want to say this morning, that we love you. We know that you are mixed, Holy Spirit. Take your seat. In Jesus' name, amen. You have won the victory. Sunday we have with you. We have been here for the past 15 weeks. I want to call my family and then we want to express our gratitude to you. So if my wife and my children are here, can you come, those who are here?
we want to express our deepest gratitude and appreciation, first and foremost, to the Almighty God. It is in Him we live and move and have our being. We owe our very existence to Him, and we thank Him so much for what He uses us to do for His church. I want to thank Pastor. Na and Mrs. Na for the reception they gave us throughout that period here. I want to thank the presbytery as well. And most importantly, the congregation. You have a very good heart for us. You are very receptive. And we ask God's blessings for you all. Amen. Most of you perhaps don't know my wife. This is my wife, uh, Florence Nketia. And this is my first daughter, my first child, Josephine. There's a second one who is in France. And this is the third child, but the first son. He's in the University of Ghana. She has completed University of Ghana. He's currently there. And there's one who comes after this one. I have never ever introduced my entire family to any assembly before. I don't know why I'm doing this here. There's one who comes after this one. He is at Presec, Legon. And the one who comes after the Presec is this one. He is Joel in Ketia. And the last but not the least is Michael Obama in Ketia. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we have Josephine who is with us, Dorcas in France, Joshua Legon. Benji Presec, Joel, who is at Ave Maria, and Obama at Ave Maria. Four boys, two girls. <laughs> God bless you. We are grateful to you. Take your seats. a short word to share with you. In fact, it is a lengthy word. I've tried to summarize it because we have no time to discuss that. So I've tried to compress it, make it extremely short so that we can be contained within the time. Today's sermon is titled, The Expectation of the Righteous Shall Not Be Cut Short. The Expectation of the Righteous Shall Never Be Cut Short. The Expectation of the Righteous. The sermon will take on the characteristics of a semi-lengthy reading. One, firstly, there's going to be a semi-lengthy reading. Number two, we shall look at three tables. And these tables are essential in adding embellishment, color, to the message. 
message is very apt. And that is to say that something you can relate to. It is very, very, very African. Mark chapter 2, Saint Mark, the gospel according to Saint Mark chapter 2, verse 1 up to verse 12. The gospel of Saint Mark chapter 2, 1 to 12. The expectation of the righteous shall never be cut short. What you aim at achieving in life, as long as you remain a believer, nothing can cut it short from you. You'll reach your destination, you'll reach your goal. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. New King James Version. Uh, you have already projected. Yeah. And again, he entered Capernaum. Take notes. And again, he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Again, he entered Capernaum. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no room to receive them. Not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic. They brought a paralyzed man. Who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd. They uncovered the roof where he was. So when he had broken through. They let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were they reasoned thus within themselves. He said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier? Which is easier? To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you. Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take your bed and go to your house. And immediately, he rose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was brought up in Nazareth. But in his ministry... He made Capernaum his headquarters. Jerusalem was there. The biggest of the cities. But he never made Jerusalem his headquarters. Capernaum, a small fishing village, was his headquarters. He went there the first time. Because of time, we may not be able to explain all in detail. He went to Capernaum the first time according to the Gospel of Mark. When he went, he was engaged the whole day. That in the morning, Mark chapter 1, verse 21, he went to 
a synagogue. Whilst he was preaching, somebody was demonized, was set free. When the service was over, in the afternoon, it was reported to him that Peter's in-law was sick of fever. He went and healed him. And in the evening, a large crowd gathered where he was. And he healed many. That was the end of the day. He went away. Nobody knew when he was going to come again. Then Mark chapter 2, it is reported. Then he came to Capernaum again. This paralyzed man, paralytic, was there when Jesus came the first time. He had parents. He had siblings. Nobody took him to Jesus. He thought everything was over. People say that God is a God of second chance. But I don't think so. I don't believe that. God is not a God of second chance. God is a God of many chances. That is what I believe. That is what I believe. He gives you many chances. When Peter asked him, when somebody offends him, how many times should I forgive him? He said once or twice, 70 times seven. If you told Peter that he should forgive 70 times seven, you think he would give us only one chance? God is a God of many chances. So he went to Capernaum the second time. When he went, there was this paralyzed man, paralytic, lying somewhere. Everybody had engaged the attention of Jesus Christ. He was attending to the sick, all kinds of people, all kinds of challenges. Four men came to this paralyzed man who was lying on his mat. Apparently, research has shown that they were his friends. When they came, They had the four corners of the mat he was lying on. Akwesi, and na upeo, umpeo, yadubeko Jesus ho. Whether you like it or not, we are taking you to Jesus. The man had a challenge. The challenge of mobility, ability to walk. They carried him Got to where Jesus was. The place was packed, fully packed. I go, give us, we have an emergency to get to Jesus. Nobody would listen to you. From the door level, nobody allowed. At the window level, nobody allowed. They had several options to take the man back. Five options existed at that time. You could take him back. We are brought you to the place, but the crowd is preventing us. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. They managed to get the paralytic to Jesus. The man had limitations. I want us to look at something. Every man, every person on this planet, irrespective of your level, has a limitation. Every human being has a limitation. This man's limitation was the ability to move, mobility limitation. But I have done a bit of research, and I've noticed that 
there are six limitations every person faces. Six limitations. Academic and intellectual limitations. Academic deficits. Not all of us have high IQs. Not, not everybody is able to get to the highest level of the academic ladder. But the fact that you are not able to get to the highest level does not mean that you are completely cut off, cut off from the process of achieving your targets. If you don't get to the highest level of your academic ladder, you can engage brains, employ brains around you. The owner of Peace FM, I don't think he, he had an university education. Kwame Sefakai has been engaged. You can employ brains. The second weakness, the second limitation that confronts man is gift and talent deficits. Gift and talent deficit. Not all of us are very talented, okay? Not all of us can sing like that. There's a resource deficit, number three. Not everybody has money, wealth, riches. Resource deficits. We have exposure deficits. You are what you are exposed to. If you are born in Choco, brought up in Choco, lived in Choco, and died in Choco, your exposure is bounded by Choco. Everybody has a limitation. Exposure deficits. And there's another deficit we call relationship deficits. Relationship. Anytime you receive promotion in your life, it is either an added resource you have gained to yourself or somebody has affected you. In the Old Testament, an experienced ox is paired with a new ox. And that experienced ox, as it works with a new one, the new one picks up the experiences and the skills. Relationship. And we have what we call the health deficit. The man over there, the paralytic, had all these deficits except the relationship deficit. He didn't have academic. He didn't have gifts. He didn't have resource. He didn't have exposure. But he had relationship capabilities. He had four friends. Four friends. There is a management consultant called Lawrence J. Peter. He propounded the Peter's principle. Everybody has the level where he can get to and he hits the healing, the ceiling, and cannot go beyond. Moses, Numbers chapter 11, verse 13. He had a challenge. He told God, God, I cannot take the people away to, to, to Canaan. I cannot take the people to Canaan. Why? The burden is too heavy for me. Moses had a challenge. The man who could put his hands into his chest Bring it out and there's leprosy, takes it back. The man who could stretch out his hand and the, an, an entire ocean is parted into two. He tells God, I cannot go longer. Everybody has a limitation. Elijah of all people at Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel. From the Mount Carmel experience, a woman chased him. Elijah gave up. Everybody has a limitation. Everybody. But how do we solve the problem of limitation? With regards to this man, the paralytic, he had friends. There are people around him. When Moses was challenged and said he couldn't go, God told him, stand up. Moses, hold on. 
I will take the spirit on you, put into 70 other people. So I will raise your level 70 times higher. People came in. God used human beings. Let me tell you, if you want to reach your target in life, you cannot ignore the input of other people. So you need to live well with people. You have to establish good relationship with people. This young man who was paralyzed, he was able to get to Jesus by the help of four other people. We are not an island to ourselves. We live with people. So deal kindly with people. There are people who have problems with their in-laws. There are problems with the businesses people they are dealing with. There are problems with all kinds of people around you. But if you have problems with your in-laws, problems with business people, problems everywhere, problems in the church, everybody you have a problem with. If you are cutting all the trees around you, when the sun is scorching, where will you find shade? You need people. You need people. The man had people fall around him. They came and they positioned themselves well at four corners. Corner one, corner two, corner three, corner four. We'll not have time to go into why they did that. They had time for this guy. Took him to the place. There are things. Give me quickly. I want us to look at the table. Oh, it's 9.30. It's 9.30. You need to deal with people very well to get to your targets. At meetings, when very critical decisions are being taken about you, all that somebody needs to get to another level is a phone call. Your report is before somebody. Then they call. Oh, this guy has referenced you as his referee. Do I give this job to him? Who is he? They mention their name on phone. They say, Kwesi Mensah, Kwesi Mensah is very rude, very arrogant. Don't take him. He'll collapse the business. All you need is somebody's testimony. So from today, please begin to build good relationship with people. You never know when your mouth will be there and you need that four people to carry you to the top. You don't know. Deal kindly with all kinds of people. Deal well with them. Deal well. Have time for such people. There are some things you need to have time for. There's nine essentials in life you need to have time for. This man saw it, the paralytic saw this. Five essentials. Nine essentials. Let me quickly mention them, then we go through. Quickly. Trying to skip some of the things I have. You need time to build relationship. You need time for family. You need time to wind down and refresh yourself. Let me skip that one. We can't go through that. Time for all these things. You need time for prayer, time for Bible study, time for family, friends, and associates. You need time for relaxation and winding down. You have to make time for replenishment of energy. If you lose energy, one of the ways of recovering from that is to eating well and doing exercises. Make time for emergencies. Need time for sleep. This man had time for friends. Friends, the paralytic. 
He had time for friends. But let us go to the attitude of those who carried him to Jesus. The man needed to reach Jesus. The goal is Jesus. This is the target. Jesus sitting down there. The paralytic here. So you have your goal and you have the man sitting here. He needed to be brought up from here to the goal. Every person has a goal, objective, target. To get to your target, you need people to surround you and take you to the target. By your own efforts. Sometimes your efforts count. I've mentioned it here before. That there are four doors in our lives. The door that is opened by self. One, your self-effort can open a certain door for you. For example, if you learn very hard at SSS, you pass and go to the university. You put in extra effort, the doors are open for you. You put in extra effort, the doors are open for you. There are certain things your self-effort cannot achieve for you. So self-effort doors is, has a limitation. The next door you can open is by opening with code. Somebody tells you that to open this door, you need to press 2418 and the door opens for you. Opening door with the code. For example, the, the man who was reading the Bible and didn't understand. Then Philip went to him. So I can't understand. I don't understand. Unless somebody explains to me. There are things you need people to explain the course to you to get success. There's a third door we call the door of faith. That door, you don't open with key. You open with faith. They are found in banks, public places, the mall, and other places. When you are getting there, you see the door opening by itself. What it does is that it has an ultraviolet rate in it, and it's, when you get into a certain proximity, a certain diameter, it senses your presence, and when you get there, the door opens for you. Whether you are short, whether you are tall, whether you are white, whether you are black, it doesn't look at your color. All that it has to do is to sense your presence. If you have faith, if you have faith, and you don't even have an academic qualification, the doors can open for you. That is it. This man, self-effort couldn't get him, Codes could not get him. He needs certain things. So once he was there, people came around him. Human beings around him. He had a mat, a resource. How do we get him to Jesus? Take note. If you have an objective in life, you need to get your resource aligned with the target. What people do is that because the target is too difficult to achieve, they change the target. Those who are carrying the paralytic, when they got there and they noticed that the windows were full, the doors were full, they decided that no, we don't have to change the target. Jesus is inside the place. If we change our target, we will not succeed. So they don't change the target. They change the means of getting to Jesus. What we do in life is that most people look at the target and so say, the target is too difficult, so they change the, the target. What you have to do is to change the process. You don't change your target, you change the process for reach, reaching your target. You don't change your target, you change the process for reaching the target. If you want to go to UK and you stand by the beach of Kolegonon and you want to use a car, you will get drowned. You can't go to UK from Jamestown with a car. You can't go with a canoe. The means does not permit you to get there. 
So if you want to go to UK, you don't change the UK. So, oh, the, the, the canoes cannot get us to UK, so we are going to Winneba. You don't change your target. You change the process. When the people got there, they changed the process. The door process they didn't allow us to enter. The window process they didn't allow us to enter. Then they said the roof. Let us go to the roof. So next year, 2018, when you sit down to write your purpose in life, your target, and you prayerfully consider it, the sad conclusion of the matter is that it is easier to change the target than to change the process. That's why people change the target. It is easier. Of the two, the one that is easier to change is the target. But that is a wrong thing to do. Next year, decide your targets very well. Look at all the processes that will get you there. And look at the options that will get you there. Don't change your targets. So he got there. Nobody allowed him. Then he took a ladder, got to the roof. Once they were, Jesus was engaging the crowd. Things happened. They saw some debris falling from the roof. Debris, dust, pieces of clay, dry clay, falling down. The place was filled to capacity. So everybody was looking into the roof. Jesus was there and was quiet. So the man himself was quiet. Who are you to go and talk that, ask questions? Who are you making noise on, over there? Nobody had the guts to ask questions, to stop the man. And so the four people continued, pine, pine. And they created a hole, an opening over there. All that they saw was a big cloth coming through the hole with ropes holding it and coming down gradually, gradually, just in front of Jesus. And they looked through it and saw that this was the paralytic who was lying there. Yeah! They didn't want to look at him from the door. Nobody wanted to see him. Nobody wanted to see him from the window. But when he was coming from the top, everybody wanted to see him. Those who don't want to see you today, they will see you coming from the top. They will see you coming from the top. They will see you coming from the top. Aim at your target. Don't change your target. Don't change your target. Don't change it. Ah, I didn't get English and math. Why don't you spend one more year to do the English and math again? Don't change your target. Mr. Samuel, your name So I have cut about 70% of the distance somewhere. Don't change it. Your target is there. You'll be coming from the top there, looked at him. Everybody wanted to see the paralytic now. And Jesus looked at the paralytic. Hey! Child, son, your sins are forgiven you. The man didn't go there with sins. He didn't know. But Jesus' ministry is a holistic ministry. The spiritual and the physical. The spiritual was to do with sin. The physical was 
the getting up of the man, power entering his limbs, and for him to stand on his feet. Jesus' ministry, holistic, spiritual, first, physical, second. So once he said to them, well, he was speaking to the paralytic, some people got angry. Some people got angry. This man is blaspheming God's word. We don't have a temple here. He is not the high priest. There is no animal blood here. It is the high priest who goes into the temple, sacrifices an animal, and washes away sin. This is not a temple. Somebody's house. You sit here, you are not a priest, and say you are forgiving somebody's sin. They got angry. Jesus took his eyes off the paralytic and engaged the attention of his enemies. Why do you think sometimes your prayer delays a bit, the response to your prayer delays a bit? Jesus has not taken his eyes off you. When you see that the response to your prayer is delaying, it has to do with the fact that Jesus has moved away from you and is engaging your enemies. He's engaging your enemies. And that is why. Hey, Moses say, Mamana, Medenebaniachano. He was engaging. So they took some time off. As if Jesus is not watching you. He's dealing with your enemies. He's working on your case. Take notes. When you go read Mark chapter 2, 1 to 12 again. Prayerfully. Rise up, take your mat. He took his mat. This mat was the mat this man had been sitting on. So the mat had always carried the man. This time around when Jesus came in, it is not the mat carrying the man. The mat supporting the man. This time, the man carrying the mat. Showing it to his enemies. That the thing I've been sowing by rest on, it is this. I'm no more on it. Listen, there are three levels of performances in life. Three levels. The door level performance. The window level performance. And the roof level performance. In this scripture. The door level the door level represents people who think we have to go through the door all the time. The normal people, the average people. Door level. Nobody's enthused about door level performance, ordinary performance. Nobody. In the field of sports, academics, everywhere, nobody's attracted to ordinary performance. Nobody. Nobody. But if Ronaldo has to come here, Messi has to come here, and there's going to be a football match between Real Madrid and Barcelona in a Crossport Stadium. Old men with walking stick will go and have a look. People are attracted by superior performance, roof level performance. Roof level. Not door level, not window level. People are not attracted, they will not watch. They will not look at you. Oh, yeah, who did So when you are given opportunity to preach, to lead worship, to do anything, aim at roof level performance. Aim at that. Students, listen. I did my masters. I want to say to the glory of God, the worst grade I had throughout the two-year period was 74. That was the worst. Worst 74 was the worst. Not first degree, master's level. Aim at the top. Do your best. And people will look at you and come to you. This morning, this is the summarized farewell message I have for you. Don't change your target 
change the process. Be a roof level performer and God bless you. Put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Don't change the target. Change the process. Amen. Um, shall we please bow down our heads as we take over? Can we invite um, Elder Dugate to come and say the word of prayer for us? A birthday man will say the word of prayer. Shall we bow down our heads? <clears throat> Precious Jesus, we give you praise and glory this day. We thank you, Lord, for taking us through this time of total worship. Indeed, we know <clears throat> that when worship ascends to your throne, Gifts fall down upon us. Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. You have taught us this morning how we can achieve our targets. Lord, that we should aim at the targets. We should never shift the targets. We should never adjust the targets. But we should change the process. Father, we thank you for this message. We open out our hearts and we ask that this word would be ingrained in our hearts. Lord, that we shall think of these words. We shall meditate upon these words morning, noon, and night. Lord, that we shall be able to achieve all targets that we set before us. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, Lord, we lift up your servant, through whom you delivered this word. We lift him up to your throne of grace. And we ask, Lord, that you touch him specially. Lord, that you bless him more and more. Lord, that you open up his heart. Lord, you open up the spirit of his understanding. Lord, that he would go into your word. Lord, and he would come out with more mysteries. And he will be able to teach even more than we've heard today. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, dear Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shall we bless our presiding elder? God bless you. God bless you so much. What a word. We want to take our tithes and offering, a tenth of what God has blessed us with our incomes, our gifts, and our bonuses. A tenth of them. Don't leave the gifts and the bonuses out. Add them to the tithe. So a tenth, we will rise on our feet and then we'll take a special offering as uh, it's a missionary offering which is a second offering and I want you to give very well. It's a Sunday. Uh, so a second offering will be the missions offering. So we'll take them together. We'll not stop the music. We'll go on. Immediately we finish the first one. You will take the second one. Can you stand on your feet and take your tithe? Can you stand on your feet and take your tithe? Can you stand on your feet and take your tithe? Can you hold your tithe in your hands? 
Say, Father, this is my tithe. Oh, I can't hear you. Say, Father, this is my tithe. As I obey your word and sow it, bless me a hundredfold, a thousandfold, and open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. No harm, no harm, no harm, no harm, no harm, no harm. And the devil can do me no harm, no harm, no harm.
of mission, friends of mission, friends of mission. There are people here who have devoted themselves that they want to give some offering every month. Friends of mission, we want to invite them, we want to invite, but if you want to join, if you want to join from today, you can also join. Friends of mission, friends of mission, we will not say we are special people, but we have chosen to give. So if you want to join us, please bring your offering. Friends of mission, friends of mission, friends of mission, friends of mission, friends of mission.
All right, so can we see first timers? <laughs> 